Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, finally, Rayman has a cameo in a Rabbids game. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined as I'm always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including a new 2D platformer starring Mickey Mouse. And then on the, to, and then today, I guess the, the next day after this episode airs, we're talking about this gosh darn Nintendo Direct that just fell out of the sky. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, we're uh, so there is a Nintendo Direct. Programming change. Programming change. <laughs> that is programming change. Uh, you, possibly by the time you've listened to this episode, already been released. And so we're going to be recording. We're going to be foregoing our usual Tuesday, Thursday schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, another switch up. Two switch ups in a row. Two weeks in a row with switch ups. Oh, kind of three weeks in a row with switch ups because you weren't on the episode two weeks <laughs> That's ago. That's right. You know, change is good. We embrace change. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, but this week, because mm-hmm. there's a Nintendo Direct today, we're going to record an episode with uh, reactions to that Nintendo Direct, and it'll be released today as well. Yes, that's right. So uh, you'll have this will be like the one day ever where, like, we're going to get it out to you as soon as possible, which is still going to be like, I don't know, eight or nine o'clock uh, Pacific time. Uh, but there'll be two episodes of NCS coming out in one day. Pray for us because we're praying right. for you. That's right. <laughs> It's only fair, frankly. <laughs> uh, here's another thing you could pray for. My copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, would you like to borrow it? All you got to do, forget prayer. That's not going to help you on this one. You got to email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. And give us a mailing address so we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. I've paid for postage both ways, there and back. Uh, and it's a perfect borrowing program. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there, but that does not make the program uh, any less perfect. Um, I did not, we did not include this in the news, but there was an interview that came out a little while ago from like the director or the head of the Sonic team about Sonic uh, Frontiers. That's Mm -hmm. the one that's coming out this November. And he, he, in it, he says that Sonic Frontiers has like the most content ever for a Sonic game, which somehow feels like a threat to me. Oh, oh, oh. Well, okay. Do you think that... So, it may have the most content of any Sonic game, but does it have as much content as the Sonic Forces borrowing program? I don't think that's possible. Which has at least two video games as a part uh-huh. of it. Plus this whole, like, mailing thing that, like, is also very interesting. Do you also see that uh, Sonic Frontiers has a fishing mini game uh, featuring... What is it? Big Biggs, the Cat? Big the Cat. Um, I did not see that, but I did uh, deduce immediately that it was Big the Cat. Did you also see, and uh, this is, again, we're, we're not reporting on any Sonic news today, um, but that the director of the Sonic Adventure game said that he would be down for a Sonic Adventure 3, but it would require a lot of like time and intensive resources? That sounds a lot like uh, what Masahiro Sakurai said about a, a Kid Icarus uprising. 
uh, except Masahiro Sakurai was like, no way, don't do it. It would take way too long. <laughs> so the Sonic Adventure 3 guy is like, let's do it. A glutton for punishment. That's right. Here's another thing that you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that you get your podcasts. We appreciate it so much when you do. It helps people find the show. Um, Patrick and I really love reading your reviews. If you leave us a review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we can see it and we'll give you a shout out on the show. But if you leave us a review somewhere else or you share the show in some other way, we can't see it, but we still want to acknowledge it. So let us know. Send us an email. Mm -hmm. Hit us up on Twitter. And uh, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Or you could uh, tell us on Discord that you did so. Uh, but to do that, you'd have to be in our Discord, which requires an invitation. It's invite only, Mark. It's very exclusive, uh, except we let everyone in who uh, asks for an invitation. So email us, uh, hit us up on Twitter, let us know that you would like to be part of that Discord. It is a cool, chill place where people are talking about Nintendo. It's going to be popping off tomorrow uh, during the Nintendo Direct, and I uh, anticipate having some fun conversations out of there. So get in there. It'll be a, a great time. Uh, Mark, we got an email from a listener, uh, Mark from uh, Brisbane, uh, and uh, so it, it, this is actually two emails, uh, but you're, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to read them both. Uh, Mark writes, hi, Patrick and Mark. I'm currently listening to your ranking of the Mario Kart tracks oh, no. and really enjoying it. Oh, okay, good. I have noticed over your last few ranking shows that you haven't been reaffirming your friendship at the beginning, that you'll still be friends by the end of the ranking. I'm up to the Baby Park and Mute City suggestion of putting them into the pocket dimension, and you both have differing opinions, which makes me terrified that this will be the end of your friendship. I'm on the end edge of my seat. I'm not sleeping. I haven't eaten for an hour or two. I'll keep pressing on with this episode and hope it all works out in the end. But could you please get back to letting us all know that, as per usual, you'll, stay, you'll still be friends at the end of the episode. Really love the show. Mark. So that's one email. Um, and then I did not respond to this email because I thought better to keep the suspense going. And then, uh, then Mark writes, uh, the, the, the following week, uh, hi, Patrick and Mark. I've just heard part two of your Mario Kart rankings and Mark just reaffirmed that you'd still be friends by the end of the rankings. So you can disregard my previous message. <laughs> Thank you for allaying my fears. Uh, I can now sleep again and then back to eating. Phew. That was a roller coaster of emotions on a completely separate issue. Patrick, you had mentioned that you had ordered an analog pocket. I also ordered one about a month before you. Uh, and, uh, he's very excited about it. Uh, and says, uh, I, I can't wait. The first game I'll play will be Minish Cap, then Mario versus Donkey Kong. All the best, Mark. Um, so let this be a lesson to us. We really need to set out with intention at the beginning of these things to remind everyone that we will still be friends at the end of these rankings. I, th I, I, I th that's a that's a good note because I think we have on a couple of past ones not laid that ground rule. So who knows what would have happened I by mean, the end? I, and, and truly, if we don't say it up front. It's possible that we won't be friends by the end of the rankings. <laughs> that's like, right. That's, that's in, that's in we play. We definitely didn't do it for the Street Fighter one. No, that's true. I think we were hedging our bets a little bit there. Here's the thing. The Street Fighter one went, well, it was chaos, and I still can't believe we haven't been murdered for it. I think we made all the right choices, and we're largely in agreement all the way through. I think so, too. Um, all right, Mark, <laughs> let's, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Mark, I've been playing Splatoon 3. I've been loving Splatoon 3. I have not ha had a chance to boot it up yet. Mark has been traveling, so we will forgive this. He's currently very jet-lagged. 
uh, but putting on a good face <laughs> for me and for you uh, so that we can talk about what we've been up to uh, in, in games. Uh, I, I really am having a, a good time with Splatoon 3 right now. I've done some of the single player. I've done uh, quite a few um, Turf Wars, and I did uh, one round of Salmon Run, and I'm looking forward to playing a lot more of that. Um, Salmon Run feeling easy right now. I don't, I don't know why. Um, maybe because I've been spending so much time in Turf War, and uh, that is not as easy. Uh, I do routinely get owned in in Turf War, um, but yeah, I'm I'm having a great time with it. Uh, if you want more in depth thoughts of mine, uh, I was on the uh, video games a comedy show uh, over the weekend, posted on on uh, on Monday, um, talking about uh, Splatoon three. Uh, Adrian Holmes, previous guest of of this show, is also on that episode, so go and check that out. And that's hosted by, by Jeremy Schmidt. Yes. Oh, okay, got yes. it. Um, yeah, uh, a a a great, uh, a really fun conversation about about Splatoon three. Um, in your time with Splatoon three thus far, is there? I because I I feel like our conversation about Splatoon three up to its release was we were very excited. Yes, but um, seemed like uh more of Splatoon, not a bad thing, just kind of you know like. There was no grand revolution. I, I'm curious, now that you spent time with it, is that still, is that still your feeling? Viva la grande revolution! <laughs> um, I, still kind of, yeah. There is, uh, the, the single player mode is more inventive than I was expecting. Oh. It's also more interesting than it presents itself in the first like hour or so of gameplay. Uh, there is a turn that happens very early that... Uh, Reveals itself to be so. I, I don't want to give away because like the experience itself is, is very cool. Um, that it's it's just much more and much more involved and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it it uh, sort of borrows elements from the Octo expansion, but also sort of borrows elements from Bowser's Fury. Oh, um, so like it's very, it's very cool. Oh, that's uh, really interesting. So yeah, well, well, the single player is probably still more of an afterthought than anything else. Um, it is a like rich, full afterthought. Um, and I mean, honestly, uh, you know, it's I I in previous Splatoon games, I go like right to the single player and like do that, get familiar with weapons, whatever. But I've been having too much fun uh, just messing around in Turf War, um, and like sometimes partnering up with uh, with with friends, sometimes just going in solo. Uh, and so I'm I'm having a blast with it. I can't wait for you to get in there, Mark. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Together, what is that like waiting room experience like? Is- pretty pretty good. I mean, it's it's not. Uh, even when you are playing with your friends, it doesn't feel like you're in that space with them, you know? Um, like, you can see, like, the sort of uh, Force Ghost version of them, like, swimming around in ink. Um, and I guess that's kind of cool, but, yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't have the same sort of immediacy as... But has it been pretty easy when you want to connect with friends Absolutely. to, like, meet up? Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. so nice. Super easy to either, like, just join up with someone or to... Uh, open a room and then have have your friends join uh yeah super easy super fast um the uh i i had i think i had over over the weekend maybe two or three games drop on me communication errors uh, occur um but there's no point where the online experience like stutters um it's it's either successful or it isn't Mm. right um and uh i mean i i probably played a uh, you know 50 matches or something this weekend and to lose you know to drop on like three of them it's pr- pretty good not that bad not that bad 
I so the one thing that I did have an opportunity to play while traveling is Super Mario Brothers three. Oh, were you getting those platinum points? I w- I was getting those platinum points. Here's the thing: is that I f- love Super Mario Brothers three. You know, arguably my favorite um, Mario game of all time. I thought, but now, but when I was like, mm. and I I still I love Super Mario Brothers three. You know, it is um it was a formative experience, video game experience for me. Like. I love it. I think it's a great game. But this time when I went back to it, it was um I have a lot of more appreciation now for like the new Super Mario Brothers games, especially like okay. New Super Mario Brothers U, because I think that the platforming in the newer games, newer 2D games is better. I think it's like more inventive. You have like more moves like I and I think Super Mario Brothers 3, when you go back to it, is, like, fairly simplistic. And the levels are short. Like, you can, like, speed through them. Like, there's a few levels, you know, now that I know that game so well, it takes, what, like, 20 seconds to just, like, run, avoid all the enemies. So, uh, it was just an interesting experience going through it this time because I still think it's an amazing game. But... You know, like, if somebody grew up on the new Super Mario Brothers game and then goes back and plays a game like Super Mario Brothers 3, I think they'd be disappointed. Like, I don't know how well it would hold up for someone who's completely new to it. Um, that is interesting. I, I, I do think there's, there's obviously a, a component of, like, the older game has older sensibilities, even if it is trailblazing and, like, doing all these things that would, you know... Uh, drive the direction of the the genre and of video games in general for a while. That it still is old, right? It still has strange sensibilities. It still makes you still have a finite number of lives. You're still collecting a hundred coins to get one extra life. Like the economy of it doesn't make any sense. Well, and like Mario's move set is so limited compared yeah. to like the platforming you can do today, where you're bouncing off walls. You are, you know, hopping you're on triple jumping. Yeah, 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 just like all. It's just so different now. Um, and again, that it's not to say the Super Mario Brothers 3 is like not a good game. It was just really interesting playing through it this time and comparing it in my mind to Super Mario New Super Mario Brothers U and just seeing how like for the longest time I thought not that highly of the new Super Mario Brothers games. Yeah. Um, but I think like the longer they exist and the further away we are from the last one, I'm like, oh no, actually they're really good. I mean, it is strange to me that they don't like that. They, they, I guess they, and they were for a little while, but why we're not getting a new, new Super Mario Brothers game every like three years or every two years or whatever. Yeah. Um. Because like, yeah, I'm I'm down for a new Mario game, honestly, as frequently as you can give them to me. Um. But yeah, like the the new Super Mario Brothers games are not, they're not lesser than like. Uh, we had a good time playing New Super Mario Brothers two on on the 3DS. The original's great. The Wii one is super fun. I don't know. I think I I think you are right that they are all good games and all good like modern games, um, which is sort of different than being a revolutionary old game. Yeah, totally. Um, but also like measure it against like almost any other NES game, and like Super Mario Brothers three is like. I mean, it's still amazing. It's don't still get me wrong. Master- it's yeah. I mean, you just came in here being like <laughs> Super Mario Brothers three not as good as you think it is. Um. Uh, well, that that that's great, Mark. I checked out uh, Wave Race sixty four. 
I am. What are you? What yes. is your experience coming back to it now? I love it. Okay, I absolutely love it. I don't agree with your criticism that it looks like <laughs> butt or partial butt or whatever. Half, half butt. butt half but we butt. said it was the uh, like the the crack part. So like the right the the upper part uh-huh. of the butt, which is the which is the least attractive part of of the butt, <laughs> the upper half or the bottom half. There's no way to know. Um, no, I'm uh, I I loved uh, g- going back to it and like trying to do the the stunt tracks and. Um, yeah, it's the, the, the controls are so like finicky and you have to like really be working against the, the, the waves in the water and stuff. And I was just having like the best time, like remembering how to do that. Um, so I, I really loved it. Um, other games I've been playing this week, Mark, I finished pick cross S2. I finished every puzzle in it. Wow. Every single one. I have a clear time of like 36 and a half hours or something like that. So I started Picross S3. Nothing really to report there other than it's Picross and I love it. Uh, I've been playing that TMNT Cowabunga collection, uh, which is amazing. Um, such a good like packaging of all these classic uh, NES, arcade, Super NES, and Genesis games. Um, I beat the original... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES. Whoa. Um, using this and, you know, just like rewinding like crazy. Um, was never able to do that as a kid. And like I was an obsessive kid. Loved Ninja Turtles. Would memorize video games so I could get to the end of them. Um, and could never do it with Ninja Turtles. And I did it like a week and a half ago. That's really fun. Um, it uh, It felt great. Um, and I'm so happy that I've, I've seen the whole game now that I fought Shredder. I, I, I defeated Shredder. <laughs> um, and then last, last but not least, uh, Sarah and Ryan, uh, previous guest on the show, Ryan Mogi, and I played Overcooked 2, um, on Labor Day. Uh, and it was a, a wonderful time. We spent like two hours just like drinking and playing Overcooked 2, yelling at each other about throwing beef across a hot <laughs> air balloon, um, which is all that you can really ever ever want out of a, a Labor Day get together, right? I've never I've never played Overcooked 2. Um, does it add new like what are the twists? What does it add over Overcooked? I mean, it's kind, or is it's it more just, just more like overcooked. more yeah. levels? Yeah. I mean, it's it's more levels, and there are like different recipes, but like. Nothing that you have to do by, like, different methods, right? There's still, like, the fry basket. There's still, like, a pot that you, like, boil soup in or, like, make pasta in or whatever. Um, Yeah, I I don't think there are any, like, new mechanics necessarily. Just, like, new ingredients, um, new levels, and new dishes that, that you're serving up. That's fun. And, you know, it's it's overcooked. Like, it's it's chaotic fun where you can scream at people. Like, it's... What 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 more? What more could you ask for? Um, all right, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get in, into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Mark, already I think we just had to say this is probably an incomplete list because with a Nintendo Direct coming out today, there's bound to be some other stuff that's out today. That's right. But here's what we know. Here's what we know. As of Monday night. Voice of Cards, The Beast of Burden is released today on the Switch eShop. I haven't played any of these Voice of Cards games, but I love that they just continue to come out. I, I like that this is a, like a groove that you've settled into, that you're going to shout out every Voice of Cards game. <laughs> yeah. Even though I don't even think you know what the game is. I, I mean, I know that it's a... I had never heard of this game until it was right. like this particular one, until it was on this release. Right. So no. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I have I have absolutely <laughs> I no, like this. I have I'm absolutely not to call you out or yeah, anything. No, I have absolutely like no idea what the Beasts of Burden is. I'm assuming it plays exactly like the other ones, um, maybe with some additional features. I just like that for whatever reason, Square Enix 
is content to just like publish these. They must sell. Here's a, what I don't understand is the development time, like the lead time on these means that they must be in the works, you know. Um, yeah, well before they know that the previous one has been a success. Or not a success, exactly. Yeah. So are they just like doing this? Uh, They're just running out the clock. <laughs> I don't know. Like, how many more it's a of these are? Thing. Or maybe it's a producer scenario, and they're trying to tank the studio. Oh yes, maybe that's, that's right. That's they're trying. They really want to sell to Sony. That's right. They're like, we're gonna keep releasing these Voice of Cards games <laughs> until Sony buys us. Um, nobody saves the world. Frozen Hearth. DLC is released, and Patrick, you're gonna have to help me out on this one. Okay, so nobody saves the world is uh like a, a an overhead uh, action RPG from Drinkbox, the studio that made uh, the Guacamelee games and Severed. Uh, my buddy Pete is a big fan of this game. Uh, recently got a tattoo uh, from the game on the back of his arm. Looks very cool. Um, but yeah, so the game is getting DLC and it is uh, available on Switch today, along with a like kind of bundle that uh, sells both Nobody Saves the World and the Frozen Heart DLC in, in one pack. And then on Thursday, September 15th, Baron Breakfast. Finally, the, yes, Baron Breakfast. The game that was initially revealed at an Indie World Showcase, um, I think in 2020, maybe early 2021, is releasing on Switch. It came out on PC a little while ago, but um, a few weeks ago. But, uh, but the, they had to work on controller support. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And so that is finished and it's releasing on Switch. Um, are you interested in Baron Breakfast now that we are getting to it? So the reviews from the oh, no. PC release kind of turned me no. off of it. I know. I think that... Um, so no, I am not... I don't think I'm going to pick up Baron Breakfast. Okay, let, let's, let's pause here for a second because... There is there's a kind of game in Baron Breakfast that I am currently missing, right? A cozy game, uh -huh. right? Something a little slower paced that's just like building out a world or whatever, right? But the reviews are more are like, oh, it's like darker and a little more like um, it doesn't seem like it's actually a cozy game, oh, which is so weird. Or that was my impressions from like the PC reviews, which is kind of what turned me off yeah. of buying it. But if somebody out there has played it or has heard otherwise, definitely right. let me know. Well, so, you know, I guess like other possible cozy game uh, candidates here um, would be like uh, Cult of the Lamb, right? Which uh, is getting pretty pretty good reviews all around, but has that like it's cozy, but there's also like a, a, a an action like roguelike dungeon crawling thing. And it's like it is also very dark. Right. Maybe like it's like dark humor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think all of that is like missing the the cozy target that I'm that I'm painting on the ground here. Um, and I wonder, Mark, I wonder, Disney Dreamlife Valley. It could be I, I that, mean, that it, could be it. It right? could be it. Am I gonna like what 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 what? I think can I be the kind of person that buys Disney Dreamlife Valley? Do you have to buy it, or I think is it so. free to start? Okay, so you have. I think you. Here's what I think. Yeah, tell me. I think you should, because I think you should uh, create an avatar so you can go take a selfie with Ursula, like we saw in the commercials. Yeah, I mean that sounds or, great. Or the trailer it? for yeah, Dreamlight Valley. Is it Dreamlight or Dreamlife Valley? We don't have to look it up. In fact, I'd rather we not. <laughs> Which one do you think it is? I think it's Life. I think it's Light. Dreamlight Valley. I think so. Like it's low in fat. 
No, like it's a uh, radiating light. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, all right. Well, I, I I do think that there's a news story uh, later in the episode about it. So maybe we'll just encounter it in the notes. Okay. And see what I wrote when I copied down the news. All right. Story. I mean, I looked it up. I I know you said not not to look it up, but yeah. I did look it up. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's cruel. Uh, uh, all right, Mark. Let's close this section out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> did, you just, did you just call me Mark? I did. It's Mark, a, you've, you've got you've got serious jet lag it's, here. It's been a long day. You're, Patrick, you're doing great. Yes, I have a great. I have one for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I uh, do. You, I feel like when I'm buying clothes, I gravitate towards blue. Like mm. that is the color. Like blue and gray. That yeah. is usually like the colors. Something like fairly neutral but still colorful. Yes. Or like still having some sort of color in it, and it tends to be blue. Or um, is, are there like colors that you feel like your wardrobe usually falls yeah. into? Yeah, I mean, I, I I also wear a lot of blue. Um, I I also uh, wear a fair amount of pink. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or at least I, I I do now wear a, a fair amount of pink. I've been wearing a lot of like uh bird and floral prints. Oh, okay. Um, l- lately, uh, especially in in like a button down. Uh huh. Um. Because that those are all like sort of like fitting the the vibe uh, th- these days. I did go clothes shopping last weekend, um, and I was looking around uh, at at like shirts, and I I kept being like, my skin is too light to wear this color, and it was just like, I know I just, I just couldn't find clothes. And I, I know. was like, where this is gonna look right on me? Yeah, no, yeah. I I think especially like there are times where I'm going clothes shopping and I'm I have the need to. Br- branch out i'm like i want to do something different but i always end up kind of going back to the thing that i'm comfortable with so what uh, we're going to do for the remainder of this 433 is i have a wheel of colors uh that i'm going to spin um and then we are going to say whether we have like an item of clothing in that color yes and whether we ever wear it or if we just own it so the first color is deep orange do you own anything that is deep orange. Deep orange. Uh, I think I have a pair of shorts that are deep orange. I, d- I do not think I own anything that is deep orange. This is one of those colors that I think looks bad on me. Interesting. I don't think I would wear a deep orange shirt. Uh-huh. Unless it was like a workout uh, kind of, you know, one of those like uh, wicking sort of oh, materials. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other, otherwise, I, I think just the bottom half of my body. Honestly, uh, as when it comes to uh, tops versus bottoms, my bottoms, uh, I think I'm more adventurous there. Yeah, you know what? I think I am too. And I say that because I recently bought a pair of yellow shorts. Whoa! Yeah, and was really feeling, you yeah. know, like uh, I and I still think there's like one shirt I can wear with it that right. doesn't look ridiculous. Right. Um, okay. The it is important to note that neither of us are adventurous dressers at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so it's so true. Deep purple, another deep. Ooh. Do you own anything? I t- 
tend to stay away from purple because uh, I worry about looking Jokerish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you would look really jokery in purple. <laughs> um, I <laughs> I have a a uh, purple hoodie. Oh, uh huh. That says Prince on the back, and it's got like the the Prince like logo on on the front, or what his name was for a while. Um, and I like that, but every time I wear it, I feel like I'm wearing a costume. Right. Right. Um, so. Also, it's been 100 degrees for the last two weeks, so I, even, even the thought of wearing a hoodie just seems outrageous to me. So we just talked about this, but uh, yellow. Do you own anything yellow? I own a yellow tank top. But when it comes to tanks, I don't know. I, I feel like all, 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 all the rules are different when it comes to a tank top. I mean, it's half clothed anyways. What do you mean? Well, it's it's missing, you know, like the sleeves. It's bar- it's barely anything. I mean, I love wearing a tank though. It's not something that I, I I liked before the pandemic, but as soon as I couldn't go outside anymore, I was like, forget it, tank tops. The pandemic really changed, and like being uh, indoors as long yeah. as we were in Los Angeles really changed me too because I never ever wore shorts. I was going to like congratulate you today for wearing those shorts out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I I wear shorts now. I just don't you just do it. Yes, care. Uh, blue was the next color that came up, and as already stated, we wear a lot of blue. We wear a lot of blue. That's the end of this performance at four thirty three. There's no applause here, uh, so we will stop there. Mark, today we are accompanied by piano quartet Bubble Tea. All right, Mark. Let's get into the news. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, Nintendo announced a 40-minute Nintendo Direct streaming out Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time. So, yes, that is seven hours after this episode will post. Right. So, there's the very narrow window wherein you could be listening to this episode and have our same perspective on the Nintendo Direct, which is that we currently know nothing about what's going to be in it. That's right. Uh, One thing of note is that the presentation will not be streaming in the U.K., uh, out, out of respect for the queen, um, they're like in a period of mourning. But the video will premiere at uh, 1600 GMT, so 4 p.m. GMT. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so you'll get all the information. It just won't be. Does that mean that it starts, uh, that it premieres after the stream? Or Mark doing the math in his head? He's yes, I, up, think, I, I think it does. Because 7 a.m. Pacific time, I'm will be 3 p.m. Uh, in the UK. Oh, okay. So I think it's basically just like the presentation will happen and, and then, then, in, they get then the whole video. Nintendo UK will post the video. Which is good because otherwise if they premiere the video, people could go to the UK one, skip all the way to the end and see what everything is. That's right. And then tweet out spoilers. Yes. I do... Th- well, whatever. We don't have to get into it. Uh, Pl- PlayStation has also announced a state of play for tomorrow. Interesting timing. Yep. Very strange timing. Theirs is at 3 p.m. Pacific time and promises about 20 minutes of updates on 10 games for PS5, PS4, and PSVR 2. Um, so we discussed this a little bit at dinner, but let's talk about it now. Um, some sort of coordination happening here. How do you think uh, these two video game giants stay out of each other's way for something like this? Yeah. I, I feel like there has to be some sort of gentleman's agreement going on because right it's strange that they're not strange but just interesting that they are both having a, like a presentation on the same day yeah it is literally coincidental two incidents happening right um 
And the last few like main directs, yeah. which we haven't had a ton in the recent past, but they have been in the afternoon, not in, or I guess even the partner showcase in June was like in, I think in the afternoon. But anyways, Is that but, true? Like, I feel like they're always early. I think I feel like I'm always waking up early for these things. Well, the past maybe that's few, Pokemon. Yeah, the past few like presentation, like like the Pokemon presents and uh, like the Sakurai presents, like those would always be early. But I feel like recently Nintendo, like the main directs have been in the afternoon or at least the ones that I can remember in the recent past. So, yeah, I, I think it's just interesting that these they're both having presentations tomorrow. Um, are they both having presentations tomorrow because Sony is finally buying Nintendo and shutting down the Nintendo <laughs> Switch forever? And not and they're not buying it for... And is it just the Nintendo Switch they're shutting down or are they just shutting down Nintendo? Yeah, they're bringing back the 3DS, <laughs> shutting down the Nintendo Switch. Um... You know, like we said, this they want another Dylan's Dead Heat Racers game. <laughs> the Nintendo Direct will, you know, be out probably by the time a lot of people are listening to this. Any last minute things we want to say about the Nintendo Direct uh, at this point? Jeez, I, I so I think the the only thing that I want to say about it is that I am currently in a very zen place with it. Right, uh, whatever happens in it, whatever announcements, whatever surprises, uh, they're going to be surprises to me. Right, like I don't. Uh, I no longer have the expectation that, like, we're going to see Metroid, that we're going to see Zelda even, um, even though, you know, it's, like, probably about time we hear a, a little bit more about Breath of the Wild 2, maybe a title, I don't know. Um, but these are not in my these are not in my pile of expectations anymore. Um, whatever we get, I'm just sort of along for the ride. Yeah, yeah, I totally feel the same way. Um, one thing that I have like observed in the kind of like Disney fandom is Disney had its D23 like fan convention uh, last week. And, you know, there were rumors about what they were going to announce for the theme parks. Yeah. And then the, uh, they had their theme park presentation and like none of the stuff that was rumored happened. And people have been very kind of like upset about that, which I think is so interesting to be reacting. Like, with this direct, there's been rumors of Zelda games and like a Metroid remake and right. like all that kind of stuff. And so people, our reactions are kind of like predicated on the rumors. We're like reacting to, I don't know, it's just kind of like a weird fan cycle. You it know is, what I mean? Yeah. Well, and just, uh, you know, uh, an another thing that happened at the at D23, like during that Marvel panel, um, like there were rumors that we were going to get information, like real information about the Fantastic Four, including like a cast. And like Kevin Feige had to be like, Matt Shackman is directing it. Who that's already been announced. He's here, but he doesn't have anything to show you. Uh, he doesn't have anything to say. Like the movie's not going to come out for years. We don't know anything about it yet. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's for he had to address it because there were rumors. Um. And you know, Nintendo doesn't play that game. If there are rumors and uh, Nintendo's not ready to talk about it, like too bad. You know, we just don't get it. Um. But yeah, it's uh, I, I, I feel like going into this with no expectations is going to be the best way to, always the best way to go. Um, but, you know, the, the, this one in particular, the fact that they only gave us a day's notice, literally 24 hours notice, um, makes me, I don't know, it, it, it feels it feels like electric and like surprising. And, you know, I say no expectations, but like, I would like to be surprised by something. It's still a Nintendo it's Direct. It's still a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. And... Uh, G Game and Watch. Come on, I want one. I want it's September. Last two years, they've announced some kind of Game and Watch. Uh, where's my Kirby Game and Watch? I want it. I want it. 
but you know we'll be talking about it a lot more yes we will later today splatoon 3 has become the fastest selling game of all time in japan over the launch weekend splatoon 3 moved 3.45 million units according to nintendo overtaking the previous record holder of animal crossing new horizons by about 700,000 copies uh we're, we're talking outrageous numbers here just astronomically high numbers um why is Splatoon 3 why is Splatoon so popular in Japan? I you know, I don't know, but I think it's awesome that it does so cool well too, th- yeah. that it does so well there and that it's like growing so much from game to game. Yeah. Like uh and also like Splatoon 1 released on the Wii U, so uh I think its attach rate to overall Wii U's like in Japan was really high. But small install base, right? In, install base of the on, on the Wii U is like 13 million total. Splatoon worldwide. Splatoon two came out early in the in the Switch's life and had you know um, uh, updates, you know, like content for two years. I think it was, or yeah, was it just like, like one year? Yeah, something, something like, that. like that. And so you know, kind of like uh, the game is still playable and everything, but a limited window where they were doing live, where you know it was like a really active. There were lots of updates, Splatfest, like all that right. kind of stuff. And still during the the time when like you couldn't get switches and there just weren't that many in the wild because there weren't that many in existence. Yeah, so this is like the first Splatoon game that's releasing when yeah. the install base for consoles is huge. Right. So I'll be really interested to see how it does worldwide. But uh, happy to see it doing well here. Here's a top 10 uh, for release is best-selling releases, fastest-selling releases in yes. Japan. And I, I believe these are all opening weekend numbers. Got it. So number one, Splatoon 3, like we talked about, with 3.45 million, followed by Animal Crossing New Horizons with 2.68 million. So crazy to me that or, that Splatoon 3, bigger than Animal Crossing. Like Splatoon yeah. in Japan now is like Nintendo's biggest franchise it's it's wild stuff and by almost a third like it's it's so it's such a it's it blows that previous record away uh number three is pokemon black and white with with two million six hundred thirty seven thousand two hundred and eighty five <laughs> i like that we have that down to the <laughs> all the way to the decimal point yeah okay uh playstation one final fantasy eight in number four at like i'm just gonna round these 2.54 yeah, 2.5. yeah million uh dragon quest nine for the nintendo ds at number five 2.3 million dragon quest eight on mm-hmm. the playstation two at 2.2 million Monster Hunter Freedom 3 for the uh, PlayStation Portable, uh, 2.1. That feels so formal, calling it the PlayStation Portable and not just yeah, the PSP. Yeah, uh, I was a little taken aback. <laughs> Pokemon XY at two mil- or 2.09 million for the 3DS. And then uh, number nine, Final Fantasy 7 on the PS1, 2.03 million. Finally, number 10, Pokemon Sword and Shield on the Nintendo Switch at 2 million. But it, so what's, you know, we went through the, the that whole list and, you know, like it's interesting to note that like every, basically everything, Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, Pokemon, uh-huh. right? Like yep. that's, the, yeah. the, the, those are it. The, those are, yeah. And then there's also a Monster Hunter thrown in there because of course there's a Monster Hunter thrown in there. But for Splatoon and Animal Crossing to not be represented in the top 10 anywhere else, um, I don't know. There's, there's something, uh, Nintendo's doing something right 
where Japan is concerned. I think they're doing something right, period. Um, but those are some impressive numbers. Ubisoft premiered an Ubisoft Forward over the weekend, revealing uh, there's like a bunch of Assassin's Creed and Tom Clancy games we should not anticipate nope. playing on Switch anytime soon. But they also went into some detail on Mario plus Rabbid Sparks of Hope, which is coming out just next month. Mm -hmm. There was a 10-minute gameplay video, including an encounter with a Wiggler enemy. It was like a Wiggler boss battle. Which, uh, look, I like, uh, I, 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 like, I like a Wiggler. Yep. Uh, at least three sets of DLC are coming to this game. And the third one includes Rayman. So this is like the news that came out of this thing, right? This is the spectacular. This is the shocking thing. Um, Rayman... Uh, Mark, do you do you have a history with the with the Rayman games? No, I have never played any of them up to, uh, like Rayman Legends. Mm -hmm. I think which I bought on sale. I think it's that one. There's like also, there's Legends and Origins. I think it's Legends is the one that I played. So I definitely played one of those and enjoyed it. Well, I played it. I was playing it on the uh, the the P PlayStation Vita is what I was playing it. Uh, on. uh hi. Um. And I enjoyed my time with it, but didn't put a ton of didn't put a ton of time. Same, in. yeah. Other, yeah. Otherwise, I don't really have like any experience with the character. Right. No, and I certainly don't have any like affection. For, I'm not like, oh, Rayman, cool. Um, but like, you know, whatever. Throw throw another. Uh, again, <laughs> I think playable character, but the all of the press around this thing kept saying, kept referring to him as a, a new hero. Um. And I have to assume that means uh, a playable character, but like, I mean, genuinely, who knows? Do you, th do you think that Rayman will, like, be playable with the Mario characters, or do you think it'll be Rayman and like the rabid Mario characters? Because I wonder mm. if those two worlds can mix. Yeah, I mean, that's a. I mean, the worlds kind of inherently mix, right? Because of. Because of the rabbits. Well, I mean, sure, that's the intersection between the two. I see, but I like, see, I see. yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I th I think we'll probably have Mario and Rayman on on the same screen at the same time. You think they'll shake hands? <laughs> they wouldn't what do you dare. Think they, what do you think they talk about? <laughs> yeah. What do you think? <laughs> what do they talk about in the car on the way to the show? What do you think they? What do you think they talk about? Um, and it is Rayman, not Rayman. I I I don't know how often the name is spoken. <laughs> I just don't know. I'm gonna say Rayman because like I think he's like a a man because it's because like Raymond, like the name Raymond uh -huh. has a D right and like an O probably right. How do you spell Raymond? Everybody loves Ray. Shoot, his name's just Ray. No no no. I mean, but the show is everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, that's a good point. Everybody <laughs> loves Raymond. I think it's with an O. Here's the thing. I've never watched an episode of the show. <laughs> In a Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet livestream last week, Nintendo announced a special edition Nintendo Switch OLED system releasing November 4th, inspired by the games. So, uh, I just have to tell you up front, I think this is kind of ugly. Here's the thing. I think that's what the Nintendo Switch OLED models are. <laughs> I think that there is uh, an aesthetic that they're going for on these things that's always too much for me. Because that's how I feel about the Splatoon 3 one as well. Yeah. So the legendary Pokemons from the game, uh, Coridon and Miradon, Miraidon, mm -hmm. are displayed on the Rayman. glossy yeah, front <laughs> side of this white of the like system's dock. 
and then a Pokeball design is on the back. The back of the Switch itself is has uh, illustrations of the three starters from the game. So the Spriga Tito, the Fue Coco, and the Quaxley, plus like other symbols that you'll recognize from the world of the game. And then the Joy-Con controllers are, one is Scarlet, one is Violet, and they feature the school emblems that appear in each of the games. So a lot of, just like a lot of design on this thing. Yeah. Um, which, you know, again, like if, if you're... I keep starting sentences by saying again, and I have not made any point about the thing, <laughs> but I start by saying again. Uh, it's just I'm 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 uh, I'm like backing up the argument in, in my head, being like, "You're gonna say this twice, so say again now." Um, I I <laughs> now I forget even what I was saying. <laughs> There's just a lot going on. There on is a lot, uh, yes, and and the the aesthetic for both this and the um the Splatoon three uh, Switch OLED are just like. Is this the version of it that you that you want to carry around? And if you're like a, an extreme Splatoon head, if you're a Pokemon Pokemaniac, um, like it probably does work for you. Um, for myself, as someone who plays like all different kinds of games and who really doesn't want to like be broadcasting to people that I'm playing a specific game on on my Switch, um, it just doesn't make any 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 real sense to me. Last weekend, Disney held their D23. But again, we dress boringly, right? <laughs> right. We're not very adventurous in that regard. Yeah. So maybe maybe the same thing just carries over here. I felt really like I was branching out for buying yellow shorts. Right. So we, we bought the most boring Switch possible when like our launch gray. editions were the gray ones. <laughs> so that tells you yeah, that's right. a lot about us. Uh, last weekend, Disney held their D23 fan convention in Anaheim. And during the Disney and Marvel Games Showcase, Disney Illusion Island was announced exclusively for Switch coming in 2023. Uh, I'm very excited about this. It's developed by Dilala Studios, the team responsible for the 2020 Battletoads game. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy in a 2D platformer that includes local co-op. And the art style is like the art style of those new Mickey cartoons that have been coming out for the past like five or six years. Uh, Mickey cartoons, which I love, by the way. I, I, I really like those shorts, uh, the, the magical world of or the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse, whatever they're called um, on, on Disney Plus. Uh, they're great. Um, and so I'm, I'm very into that style of animation. Uh, but also just like the game itself looks like it could be a lot of fun. Uh, I know we were just kind of ragging on it, but it almost seems like it's a Rayman game. Right, just like from the style of the platforming and like the the four player simultaneous, um, I will absolutely get into this and run around as Mickey and Goofy. And yeah, the totally. Did you play the twenty twenty Battletoads? A little bit. I played a little bit of it. Uh, like just about everything I have played on Xbox Game Pass, I feel no attachment to it, mm -hmm. and so like uh, as soon as I'm as soon as I have a reason to not play, I stop. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and then I'm always like, well, it's not like I spent money on this. Um, Mark, I just canceled uh, Xbox Game Pass for the third time. <laughs> a few other odds and ends from mm -hmm. the D23 presentation. They're relevant to us. Uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns got a release date of December 2nd, 2022. Four platforms that are not the Switch. Yes. Um, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series consoles will be getting the game this year. The Switch version will come out sometime in 2023. Uh, the more we see of this game, the less I'm interested in it. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I mean the there's like the the tactical like XCOM 
part of it that is interesting to me. Obviously, we were just talking about Mario and Rabbids, which has uh, gameplay similar similar to that. But like executing the actual like combat and moves and stuff with cards is just not. It's just not in line with mm, like mm-hmm. what what I value in a game. So I I don't think I'll end up checking this one out. Disney Dreamlight Valley oh. gets uh, Toy Story content this fall, and Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Galactic Edition is being released on November 11th and includes the original character collection pack and the newly announced character collection pack 2, which features uh, like characters from Star Wars Andor, the Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation TV special, <laughs> Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi, Star Wars The Book of Boba Fett, Star Wars Rebels, and Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, over 30 playable characters, basically from like the last batch of uh, Disney Plus content. Which is cool. Uh, it's weird to me that they're putting out a uh, like a galactic edition, a special edition of this game, like eight months after the game came out originally. Yeah, and continues to sell really well. Yeah, yeah, and, and they they also keep dropping the price on it too. I don't. I'm not convinced they know what they're doing with this product. <laughs> like the product is selling super well. Why do they keep dropping the price on it? Yeah, I don't know. And why are they putting out like another version of it? Like you wait until. The sales have cooled, and then you put out another version. That, like, bundles all the DLC. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Finally, Nintendo has added some Splatoon 3-themed physical rewards for my Nintendo in North America and Europe, a tote bag with a bunch of Splatoon 3 graphics on it, and a set of graffiti stickers. The bag is 800 points. The stickers are 400 points. And uh, Nintendo threading the needle on the copy for these stickers. I really, I, I love, I love this because technically these stickers, these graffiti stickers, are like it's sort of tacitly being like, uh, yeah, this is for actual graffiti. <laughs> so this is a truly great moment in copywriting. That's right. Quote: Splat up your services with this set of stickers inspired by the Splatoon Three game. Featuring 49 durable die-cut stickers across three sheets, this reward can be a great way to add a fresh touch to your notebook, skateboard, helmet, or whatever else you can think of. You know, like the front door of the library. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it's, it's very interesting to me that they are selling something called graffiti stickers. Um, I think Nintendo's going to catch any heat for this, or like, is anyone even going to notice? <laughs> Hooliganism. Uh, that's what that's what I'm saying. It's a real problem. <laughs> with the capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. <laughs> um, and then the 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 tote bag uh, like has a bunch of. I I shared a uh, a photo of it in in our um, run up show here. Um, it's an ugly looking tote bag. Yeah, it's um, it's really the Nintendo Switch OLED edition of tote bags. I mean, here's what I think it all boils down to. I love the aesthetics of Splatoon within the context of Splatoon. The second that's out in the real world, I'm like, no. <laughs> I, I, I bounce. Uh, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, join us in just a couple hours as we break down the Nintendo Direct where we saw... Uh, what do we think we're going to see? Some kind of Kirby game? Some kind? No, I don't think we're going to see some kind of Kirby game. No? You think no. genuinely this will be the first Direct with no Kirby game in <laughs> it? It won't be the first Direct <laughs> with no Kirby game. There's been at least one. 
That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you like the episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter, anywhere where you can share things. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. <laughs>